Live from the Hot Stove Lounge, the Flames Talk post-game show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Following a 5-0 loss here at the Scotiabank Saddledome to the Detroit Red Wings, we are underway on our Flames Talk post-game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Second straight, really tough game to watch here at the Scotiabank Saddledome if you're a Flames fan. Welcome to our Flames Talk post-game. We're available wherever you get your podcasts, and the phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 and 960. 960 on the text line. It's Pat Steinberg with you. We're uh, going to head to the Flames locker room very shortly. Check in with a member of the Flames. Assistant coach Mark Savard will join us here in the hot stove lounge as well. Plus we'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska. Jacob Markstrom uh, just wrapped up uh, chatting with the media. We'll hear from him and a whole lot more. Pat Steinberg with Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills and uh, yeah that uh, too, they, they, got, they got booed off the ice and uh, that one might have been worse than what we saw on Thursday, especially knowing that they were looking for a response to Thursday's 6-3 loss to San Jose. Yeah, and I, I like their start. I like the way that they came out in the first period. They had some really good looks on James Reimer, who made some big saves in that first period. And the turning point for me was just the, the first power play goal for Detroit. And then the Flames just sort of, their play sagged from there, and they couldn't really just seem to get their footing. And it's it's a fragile group right now and with all the noise and all the talk and everything going on around the team i mean they're walking a a pretty thin line in terms of whether you have any confidence and you're feeling good or whether things start to head into a downward spiral so uh, i did like the way that they pushed back they got some looks in the third period especially i mean they had quite a few shots on goal so uh, you know you have to give the group some credit for trying to dig deep like you can tell like these guys are they're out there and there's a lot of them who are are trying to dig and who are trying to push but it has to be tough as a player right now yeah i really like the response to that 6-3 loss versus the sharks and i really like their start to this game against the red wings for 13 or 14 minutes and then to megan's point uh, the Red Wings get a power play. Patrick Kane scores three seconds into it to make it one nothing, And then they score one minute and three seconds after that to make it 2 nothing. And the Flames weren't the same team for the rest of the day. And uh, I do think that there is some fragility there. Uh, I think that uh, they must feel like the weight of the world is on them right now with uh, the trade deadline, what, less than three weeks away. and 20 days. Uh, yeah, them wondering what's going to happen to, to some of their teammates between now and March 8th. And on that note, that was the first off day that I can remember Jacob Markstrom having for a long, long time. And that might go back to October or November. So, yeah. you know, when he has an off game that uh, it's probably not going to be a good one for his team. Let's head to the Flames locker room right now and get some post-game reaction. It's our Flames Talk post-game show following a 5 nothing loss to Detroit. Uh, Pat Steinberg uh, and uh, Derek Megan here as well. Let's uh, welcome in Andrew Mangiapane for some post-game thoughts as well. Andrew, how do you uh, put this one into words? Uh, a frustrating afternoon for your group. Yeah, tough game for us. Uh, obviously at home, uh, you want to use the you know crowd to our advantage, and you know we definitely let them uh, down tonight. Uh, thought our first was okay, and they, you know scored a couple goals, and then you know there's times where we were playing good hockey, and then you know we just kind of stopped, right? They didn't get one uh, lucky one, and then we kind of sat back, kind of the rest of the rest of the game. I, I felt felt like any um, 
Any any idea why it's been such a, a tough go on home ice recently, Andrew? It's uh, six of the last seven you've lost here at the Dome. Any any reason for it in your mind? Uh, no, I don't know why, right? Um, but, yeah, we have to turn that around, right? Uh, in order to be successful in this league, you got to have a, a good home record, right, and be hard to play against, right? So I think um, we're doing, uh, I guess, neither of those right now, and uh, we got to turn that around. Look, we all we all know there's there's a lot of speculation and a, a lot of potential distractions surrounding the group right now. It, how much more difficult is that to block out when you're back here in Calgary? Yeah, well, it's the same thing, kind of. I'd say every year, right? You have those distractions uh, around this time of people, you know, getting traded or picking up people, and right, it's vice versa, right? So, I think uh, we got a mature group of guys in here, and uh, everyone's kind of been there, done that before. So, I think. Uh, you know, you just got to go out there and just play your game and, you know, let the management uh, kind of do their job. And uh, obviously it's a business and you can't let that distract you. You just got to go out there and play and uh, give it your all every night. And a final thought for you, and that's just uh, about uh, what, what's what's going to be important for the group to put this one behind you. You got another tough game on Monday afternoon. How do you make sure that you're ready to go on Monday? Yeah, you definitely need to be ready, right? We've got to use the crowd uh, to our advantage, right? Uh, it's a big home home I guess stretch for us right now and obviously uh, we're not off to a good start so I think uh, we just kind of got to simplify early on and you know help you know just play our game right I think we were successful when we were playing you know uh, five guys on the ice all kind of connected and you know playing together and playing hard right we got to get back to that and you know being physical. Thanks for doing this, Andrew. Good luck on Monday, hey? Yeah, thank you. That is Andrew Mangiapane post-game following a 5 nothing loss to the Detroit Red Wings. And, uh, Willsey, our marquee matchup. It's our Flames Talk post-game show. Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson. My name's Pat Steinberg on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our marquee matchup in the pregame show brought to you by Country Hills Toyota was, you know, we, we were talking about needing to get on a run here at home and, and, and stopping the bleeding at home. As, as you mentioned, uh, six of their last seven they've lost here. Um, they've now fallen below 500 on their overall home ice record. They're 12-13-1. They've got uh, 27 games to go, and 15 of their final 27 are played here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. So they, they've got to get on top of this home ice thing because if they're, if they're going to be where they want to be, they, they, they've got to make some hay at home. Yeah, and it's going to be tough. I mean, I feel like with every loss, um, Craig Conroy takes one more step towards moving some of this team's top players out the door. Uh, and this was a tough one. Um, tough in a different way than what we saw here on Thursday night, where at least they played one good period. Uh, wouldn't, well, the first period wasn't bad, I guess, in this game against the Red Wings. But uh, much like against the Sharks, the second and third periods weren't good enough. So it's... Uh, it's something that really is mind-boggling for me because you talk to opposing players, uh, even more so than players from the West, players from the East, who talk about altitude, altitude being a factor when you come to Calgary. Not as big a factor as when you go to Denver, but second highest city in the NHL, and that certainly can have at least a small effect on some players. Uh, we also know that Flames fans, when the team is playing well, can make this one of the loudest buildings in the National Hockey League. But... The thing I heard more than anything else today were, were boos, and, yeah. and I can't blame fans for that. It, it's been a tough stretch with the team losing six out of seven here at home, and even the one game they did win, that was a one nothing win versus a bad Blackhawks team in the final game before the break. I, I just have a, having a hard time wrapping my head around how they can play at such a high level during that four-game road trip, and then 
uh, there's these two home games uh, to start this four-game homestand. Let's uh, welcome in Mark Savard now, Flames assistant coach. It's uh, Pat, Megan, and Derek, and uh, Mark joins us now here in the Hot Stove Lounge. Um, how, how do you, how do you kind of wrap your head around this one today, Mark, and, and explain this one? Well, I, I think two things. You know, first, we, I thought we came out with a good start. You know, we were skating, and then, you know, we, we give up two goals, and we kind of fall flat. And then I think the, the last thing for me is, you know, we, Reimer, give him credit. you got to shut out, but we, we didn't make it tough for him at all. He saw all the pucks tonight. Whether that was power play, which I thought we moved it well, we had good looks, but we didn't have any traffic tonight. So uh, easy night for Reimer, and, and uh, that's, that's basically the story from, for me. Well, and you talk about making it a, an easy night for Reimer. I think I said it after the first and the second period. I'm like, they need to get in this guy's kitchen, like get in his face, make his night really, really difficult. Is that a message that you give to the group in between periods or uh, just kind of, you know, when you feel like guys aren't aren't going to the net hard enough? How do you approach that? Well, for sure. You know, we, we talked about in between periods about battling to get to the net front. Um, and obviously we didn't do a great job of it all night. It was it was the one thing that was missing. We had good shots, but it was a lot of perimeter play. Uh, you know, I thought in the first period we were moving well. Guys were flying around the zone. We had some looks. But again, if you don't have traffic, you know, even though Reimer, I don't think he's played a lot recently, they're all good goalies and they're going to make saves if they see them. And, and I think that was the big story tonight for us. Mark, I thought you guys played so well on that four-game road trip. You won the first three games. The fourth game against a really good Rangers team, by all intents and purposes, you lost by one goal. So we've been trying to figure out why the team has been a better road team than a home team. And, and one theory that I have, agree or disagree, is that it's maybe easier to block out the noise on the road than it is at home. Do you, do you think there's anything to that? Well, and I don't like to make excuses, but yeah, we're, we're obviously in a Canadian market here and uh, there is a lot of noise and there's no secret that, uh, you know, we're, we're probably going to move in a couple guys. So, uh, yeah, for sure. We get on the road. We have that trip. It's just the boys together, the, you know, the, the, I guess no more papers, but the, <laughs> there's there's more sounds around around town here when the guys are out or whatever they're doing. But on the road, we're just together and we're, we're all kind of trying to achieve that same goal, just get two points every night. And, and like you said, we had a successful road trip. We played really hard together. We came home, obviously had a really flat one against San Jose. And then I thought the guys came out hungry again and trying to get back in that wind column. But uh, again, I keep going back to it. Uh, just no traffic tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. 38 shots at the net. And uh, I think you've seen them all. Mm-hmm. Mark Savard's with us, uh, Flames assistant coach. Just picking up on that. When, when it's so loud like it is right now, and, and I know no excuses, but can that weigh on a group? Can that start to – do you start to feel like you've played in this league, you've gone through it before, can it start to feel like, you know, you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders and those walls are closing in? Yeah, it, it gets heavy for sure. You know, it's it's something you say, oh, I'm not thinking about it, I'm not, you know, but you are. And it's, it's you know, when's it going to happen? You know, you're thinking those things, and then when something goes bad, it's like maybe those guys are thinking, oh, you know, I'll be out of here soon. I, I I don't have all those answers, but I played the game, and I, I know what's going on in, in a lot of their minds. But for the most part, you know, we, we try and have a good game plan, get ready for the next game, and, and uh, go with what we have. And, and unfortunately tonight... Uh, it, it didn't work out well, but uh, we're not going to stop here. We're going to keep working, get back to work tomorrow, and uh, you know, try and finish as strong as we can. Well, you look at the power play um, and uh, went over again tonight, but looked like made some progress just in terms of a couple quick plays, pucks to the net. Uh, just what did you see from uh, the power play tonight, and is it still moving in the direction that you would like? 
It was. It was on that road trip. We had a good road trip. We came home, had a flat night against San Jose, obviously, and you know we tried to change a couple things and with the puck movement a little quicker and, and really basically two passes and trying to get it to the net, and we did that. But again, we talked about the traffic. Again, we got to have it on the power play as well. But uh, you know, for the most part, I think we had 17 shot attempts on the power play, 10 on the net. Uh, that's a good sign. And then uh, you know our entries, we were six for eight tonight. We got in the zone off the entries, so uh, there's some good signs there. But again, if you don't get the result it's uh it's all for naught so again we're gonna have to get results and that's just being hungry again around the net we keep talking about it but we got to bear down and uh, bury when we get the opportunities mark obviously it's tough to find a lot of bright spots in a five nothing loss like today's but one guy who tends to be a bright spot in wins and in losses is martin pospisil who had seven more hits today he's got 21 hits in the last three games leads the team in hits this season how surprised are you by what he's brought to this group? Because the truth is, he spent more time injured than he did playing in his first four pro seasons. We really didn't know much about this guy coming in, did we? No, uh, I would take 10 Martin Postles for sure <laughs> uh, on our hockey club. Uh, he brings it every night and every practice. Nothing changes, and that's uh, a credit to the way he prepares himself. Uh, he works hard in the gym, uh, and he's a good person. So, yeah, if, if we can get 10 Martin Postles, that'd be great. But, uh, yeah, his he's really exceeded all expectations, again, from us. And, you know, uh, if you look at his record, if you find it in the lineup, it's amazing. I think with the loss tonight, I think we're 22-10, uh, 22-12, and whatever with them and i think it's like 316 and something without wow. so i found that stat someone brought it up the other day so mm. he's obviously a big part of this hockey club and if uh, connie can find a couple more of those uh, we'd love to have him on our side appreciate the time mark really do thank you so much hey eh? thanks guys appreciate that it. mark savard flames assistant coach following a flames five nothing setback against the detroit red wings here at the scotia bank saddle dome uh, flames talk post games underway with Derek wills and megan mickelson my name is pat steinberg we'll hear from head coach ryan huska very shortly also hear from jacob markstrom very quickly as well so stay tuned for that we'll make sure that we get those uh, both on for you as soon as possible but you know Willsie, a, a couple of things. First of all, on on the noise, you know the it is. It's clearly weighing on them. It's clearly, and and I don't think it's a coincidence at this point that they were loose and having fun and playing really good hockey on the road, and they've come back to this hornet's nest. I I, I don't. I really don't think it's a coincidence, and it is an excuse. You still have to block it out, but I don't think that's easy to do. No. I don't either, and I do think that it's probably worn on them. And as we inch closer towards the trade deadline, it's probably only only going to get louder and louder. Yeah. Now, I will say this, uh, between the managers and the coaches and the players, I think that for the most part, they've done a good job blocking the noise out this season because this noise started at the end of last season and continued through the offseason. What are they going to do with all of these high-profile, pending, unrestricted free agents? Well... Craig Conroy makes what I still think was a really good trade for Tyler Toffoli getting Yegor Sharangovich and a third-round pick from the Devils. And then he moves on from another pending UFA in Nikita Zadorov. And I know he didn't get a, a massive return for him, but for me that was still a good deal because I do think that for this team it was addition by subtraction and they got rid of a guy who at times was a distraction for them. And then he makes another trade that I still think uh, could work out pretty well for the Flames, trading Elias Lindholm uh, for Andre Kuzmenko, two picks and two prospects, and uh, including one really good prospect and one first-round pick. Uh, and, and the team responded well to all of those trades, in my opinion. But 
when they got home is really when the noise surrounding a guy who I think has been their most valuable player this season really started to ramp up. Because most of the talk had surrounded Noah Hannafin and Chris Tanev prior to last Saturday when after the Flames beat the Islanders and were a couple of minutes away, don't forget, from moving into a playoff spot. That was a week ago today. Uh, but later on that day on Saturday headlines, Elliot Friedman came out and said the Flames and Devils were really close to, to pulling off a trade for Markstrom. And, you know, Markstrom doesn't play against the Sharks on Thursday, plays and has his worst game in quite some time against the Red Wings today. He's been their best player. He's their most important player. Uh, so I do wonder if it's getting to him. So uh, I do think that it has been a factor. Pat, to your point, you, you can't use it as an excuse. That doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. But I do think it's a valid excuse. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, I I do think the noise is somewhat of a factor. I also think that there's a lot of guys that are that have handled it really well in terms of they've still continued to play well. And you look at a young guy like Connor Zary. I mean, he hasn't been around a long time. He's hearing all the trade talks and the rumors, but he's still showing up and he's playing well. Nazem Kadri still showing up and playing well. Martin Pospisil still showing up and playing well. So to me, a lot of it, it still falls on the individual players that you have to be strong enough mentally. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it would be difficult. But, you know, that's what separates great players from just good players, average players, is can you deal with that type of a challenge or that type of adversity or that type of noise? And, I mean, the thing is, like, if you're on social media as a player, you see the same tweets when you're on the road as when you're at home. So from a social media standpoint, it's still – like it it's similar to me a very big difference as a player being on the road versus being at home when you're on the road you're with the team all the time like you have meals together you see each other every morning you have coffee you know having going for a walk dinners a beer whatever and the entire mood around a team atmosphere there it's just lighter it is more fun and it's a, a more cohesive group we just heard mark savard saying like you're on the road with the boys and you're having a good time and you're all achieving the same goal so i think there is something to be said about just that cohesiveness of the group when you're together all the time and when you're on the road and so i think that there is something to be said for that as well and then they show up and they play more free and they play looser and a little bit lighter as well and so the, I think there's something to be said about that also it's the 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 fragility that you talk about the um, the fine line of confidence that they're walking right now that that to me is where I wonder where it's showing up where it's like oh uh, something bad happens and then it's really easy to knock them off their game I just wonder if when you've got all that weight and and all of that distraction, I, I just wonder if that's a way that it could be manifesting itself right now. Well, and it's just, and I know Wilsey's mentioned it, like the roller coaster of this season of it, it's just been up, down, all around. And to me, that is as heavy when you're going from, you know, way up here to way down here. And, 
you're constantly just trying to manage your emotions, manage your energy and grind through and be better. And so to me, there, there's a lot of that as well that does make you more fragile in addition to everything that you're dealing with and, and what's being talked about and the uncertainty of everything as yeah. well. I mean, yep. nobody likes uncertainty and that's what they're being faced with, what they've been faced with all season long. They handled losing their number one centerman really well. I mean, they played some of their best hockey, maybe their best hockey of the season in the four games after Craig Conroy traded Elias Lind home to the Canucks. I do wonder if in the back of their minds, maybe more in the front of their minds now, if they're wondering if they can survive or thrive if they lose Jacob Markstrom, their best player, or their first or second defense pairing, depending on who you ask. In Noah Hannafin and Chris Tanev, that would be a lot to overcome for a team that, you know, prior to this uh, homestand was fighting for their playoff lives. Again, a week ago, they were a couple of minutes away from moving into the second wildcard spot in the Western Conference after a convincing and impressive 5-2 victory over the Islanders in New York. So it's just been a roller coaster ride in their last 15 games. They've won four in a row, lost four in a row, <laughs> won four in a row, and now lost three in a row. Way too inconsistent. They've been consistently inconsistent again, but I do think that uh, it's really starting to weigh on these guys, and I'm guessing some of them can't wait for March 8th to come and go, so they know where they're going to be. The guys who are still here, they're going to know who's going to be on the team, and it's interesting, Megan, that you brought up the cadre and the kids line as guys who continue to perform at high levels. So three guys who probably don't have to worry about getting traded are Nazem Kadri, Connor Zeri, and Martin Pospisil. We just heard Mark Savard say, I wish we had 10 Martin Pospisils. They don't wish they had zero. He's not going anywhere. Connor <laughs> Zeri might be their best young player. He ain't going anywhere. And Nazem Kadri conceivably could be traded. If you're a Stanley Cup contender, of course you'd like to add a guy like that who already has a cup ring. But he also has five years left on his contract at $7 million yeah. per after this season. That would be almost impossible to move in season. If you were going to make that kind of deal, I think it would still be difficult to do during the offseason. But I don't think he's going anywhere either. So the fact that those three guys have continued to play at a high level in wins and losses, maybe one of the reasons why is because they're not worried about getting traded. Um, okay, and uh, the Flames lose this one, 5 nothing to the Detroit Red Wings. We are well underway. I can tell you that every single person inside that locker room cannot wait until yeah. uh, March 8th is done. Every single one of them. Uh, Me and too. That is 20, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I am right there with you. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready for that. Uh, I'm ready for no March 9th as well. Uh, head coach Ryan Huska shortly. Right now, let's select today's hardest working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or H? Fact Tech, Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Who are we going with this afternoon, Mick? Well, I'm going with uh, Marty Pospisil. It's seven hits again. Ugh. and He only played 12 minutes and 56 seconds. Had three shots on goal, two missed shots, but I mean, the guy just has an impact. Every single time he is on the ice, he brings it every shift, every day, every night. We saw him in practice yesterday, like drove the net. So you hear Mark <laughs> Savard talk about practicing as hard as he plays. Well, that's true, and that was exemplified yesterday and then shows up today and plays the way that he does. And you have to think, I mean, he's had a really tough road, and there was a point in time where he didn't know if he was ever going to play hockey again. So he really 
cherishes every single day that he's able to show up at the rink and put his best foot forward. Uh, he's done that, and he did that again today. The six penalty minutes, so that probably um, played a part in why he only played 12.56 Yeah, well. that's true. Uh, Martin Pospisil <laughs> is your hardest working flame, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska, post-game following a 5-0 loss to Detroit. Ryan, what bugs you most about this game? Uh, well, we didn't win, one. Um, I liked our start, uh, and then those two quick goals I thought hurt a little bit, and then I didn't like the call on the, the third one. And, you know, they have a good power play, and putting them four on three, or that's a, that's a, tough, that's a tough one. So it, it just got away from us a little bit at the end of the first period. What's the rationale behind pulling Jacob? It was 4 nothing at that point, so nothing on Jacob. I think we all can probably agree on that. It's just trying to change the way the game was going. What's the biggest difference between how you play on the road versus how you've played at home of late? There is no difference. And for, for the first 15 minutes, we were the better team. And they scored off a of power play, right off a of face-off, and then they were able to get another quick one right away. Same thing that we did to teams on the road. So it's not every night you're going to have the bounces that go your direction or way, and there's, there's really every team in the NHL is a good team. So our job at home is to make sure we continue to work hard and we're competitive, and that's what we need to do moving forward, and that will allow us to have success. Last game, you, you weren't happy with the competitive side. Yeah. Were you happy tonight? It was better. Um, I, I mean, I still think I've seen us with more, um, and that's what I was mentioning earlier. You know, it's it's something that you have to grind and you have to s stick with it in these situations to make sure the next game it's it's harder. And those two-minute lulls like we had in the first period don't happen. Is that X's and O's, Ryan, or is that like an emotional pushback? Or where do you see the two minutes there? That or just, you know, when you're down and it's sliding and it's not going your way. Is it about, as you say, sticking with it, but is that also X's and O's or maybe more? You know, somebody's got to do something. To yeah, do. I don't know if it's X's and O's. I mean, we had a lot of zone time when you look at this game tonight. Sometimes when the game becomes hard, it's easy to be like, oh, you know, why is it not going on our, going our way? And that's when you want the dig in. So it's almost like you forget the score or what happened your last shift. And it's just make sure our next shift is a really good one, um, the way we know how we can play consistently. So that, that's what it's about. Do you Plus. feel like your group got enough quality chances tonight, or was it just more quantity of shots? Tons of zone time, quantity. Like you, like you said, we didn't have enough traffic, for sure. We've seen this team go on a four-game winning streak, yeah. then a four-game losing streak, then another four-game winning streak, and yeah. now we're seeing them at three. But what's it been like for you just seeing this team kind of saw between winning streaks and losing streaks over the last stretch of games? Yeah, consistency is important within a game, um, from game to game, practice and all that stuff, and that's one area that we haven't found. Um, I think we've ridden that wave a little bit too much, and that's why you've seen some of the streaks we've had. Ryan, you guys have been down before in games this year, and yeah. you've seen have a pretty good, a pretty good job of wiping that off in intermissions. Yeah. I feel like the group still has that same ability that they had earlier in the year. Sure, they do, for sure. I mean, we were down and going into third period, four goals, and you're not coming back from that. Yeah. Well, it's an easy narrative, and we ask the players the same thing. An easy narrative is to say that all this trade talk is, you know, finally got to the players, and that's why they. Lost the last two games. Your yeah. response to that? Thing? I don't. I don't think that's an issue at all. We've got some really good pros in the room. So, uh, as much as I would love for them to stay right off of social media and all that stuff, um, they they've all been around and they understand 
this time of year, all of them. So it's it's nothing new for them, and, and they know they have to go out and work and compete. So, no, I don't think it is. If it's not that as a distraction, then how else would you explain some of the recent performances? If it's not that, then what? Some of the recent performances. Yeah, more just San Jose and I guess today. Yeah, as I said before, um, if you're not at your very best in this league, you're not going to give yourself a chance to win. And we've had stretches in games where we have been good, and then we've had stretches where we've let off the gas a little bit, and that's the area where we have to smooth out the consistency side of things. There you go, head coach Ryan Huska, post game following a Flames a five nothing loss to Detroit. And I do want to. We have not heard from Jacob Markstrom since the trade rumors, since the trade speculation began one week ago. Uh, Jacob had, uh, I think it's pretty safe to say, his worst outing of the season this afternoon. He's been so good for them all year long, but uh, today allows four on twelve and is pulled with thirteen nineteen remaining in the second period let's hear from Jacob Markstrom he spoke post game following a 4-1 loss uh, sorry following a 5-0 loss as well Jacob no doubt a pretty frustrating afternoon for the entire group where did you see it go wrong uh I mean I don't know we I thought we started the game really good and you know we were on point we really pushed them pushed them back and then you know I got two goals and uh in the in the end of the second in the end of the first and then two goals early in the in the second do you have any theories as to why it's been so tricky to win at the Saddle Dome for this group, Jacob? No, I do not. How about your afternoon? How'd you see it from your vantage point? Well, I was short. Yeah. No doubt you wanted to play more, but uh, was it a matter of, I don't know, not seeing it, or what was your evaluation? No, I saw it. I saw yeah. all four, four pucks go in, so it's frustrating. You want to be there for the guys and uh, you know the fans to pay money to come, come watch us play, so... Jacob, we hear so much about blocking out the noise. Is that becoming more difficult for this group? I don't think so. What noise are you talking about? The trade speculation, the deadline coming up, all that. I mean, everyone here is professional, paid for to play hockey, and you know that's what you can, all you can do. And we got to keep doing it. We've been doing it all year, and it's been, you know, you guys been talking about it all year, and we just got to play. Do you do? You how, how do you personally try and block that with them? Because your, your name has been out there. How do you well, right now I'm not thinking about it. I just got pulled in this early in the second period, so it's a bad timing for that question. How do you reset, Jacob? Do you, is this a matter of you can park this game, or are you able to kind of look at that objectively on a tough day uh, and then kind of reset? How do you go about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously me and Bar's got to go through it, and... You know the the feeling is there, and it's you know <laughs> we were on the road and we had a we had a hell of a road trip, and you know coming home and you know first game back San Jose last game was was a tough one, and then uh, you know we we did everything right the first 15 of the minutes of the game tonight, and uh, you know everyone is if you ask everyone how they were feeling after 15 minutes, it's uh, it's really good, and you know we we got them where we wanted, and then just uh, you know slippery slope. There you go. Jacob Markstrom, first time we've heard from him since the Elliott Friedman report a week ago uh, about uh, him and the New Jersey Devils. And, you know, wasn't going to go down that road all that much, uh, especially the timing uh, after, as he said, just got pulled after allowing four goals in the second period. So probably wasn't going to get the uh, best 
type of response post game um, to uh, the trade rumors. But there's Jacob Markstrom post game as well. It's our uh, Flames Talk post game show. Uh, it's Pat Steinberg, Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills around the table here at the Hot Stove Lounge. The phone lines are open at 403 240 4444. The text line's open at 960 960. Start getting your calls in, start getting your texts in. Would love to hear from you. Before we get to the phone lines, though, let's uh, get some final thoughts from our broadcast duo of Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills with the Winnipeg Jets in the offing for another matinee on Monday. Yeah, really like the the first bit, almost the whole first period until the Detroit Red Wings first power play goal. So, I mean, I liked their response after the San Jose game and just shows that uh, there's still more there. There's resilience in this group. So like their start, but you know, I mentioned it, Mark Savard mentioned it. Ryan Huskas now mentioned it. Not enough traffic uh, in front of James Reimer. He saw way too many pucks. You have to make the other goaltenders night a lot more difficult. So, uh, you know, it's, it's that, but it's also, you know, you talk about riding the momentum swings of games and they just weren't able to dig themselves out of this one. So, I mean, if you're a player and if you're this team, you have a couple options. You can decide to show up if they practice tomorrow or the game on Monday, you can show up thinking, oh, there's noise and these are the excuses and, you know, feel sorry for yourself. Or you can show up and you can be a pro and you can play your best game that you can. And not just for yourself and for the team, but for the fans that come uh, to watch these games. So, you know, I think the players that this is a, a time where you have to be accountable for the way that you show up every single day. And, you know, I hope that they show up and, and put their next foot forward the next time they come to the rink. I give the coaches and the players credit because they're not making any excuses. And they were all asked about, uh, is the noise getting to this group? And they all said, no, that they're pros and you got to go out there and play and do your job. And again, I, I give them credit for, for saying all the right things, but, when three guys who have been three of your best players and Jacob Markstrom, Noah Hannafin, and Chris Tanev all start to struggle at the same time, when those are the three names that have been out there for quite some time, I do wonder, and I think it's fair to wonder and, and to ask those types of questions. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. If anything happens between now and the next time this team takes to the ice uh, for another matinee matchup against the Jets. And uh, the Flames played so well on that four-game road trip. That wasn't that long ago, and it came to an end on Monday. And even though I didn't love their last two periods against the Sharks on Thursday, played a pretty good first period in that game, a 6-3 loss. And again, played a good first 15 minutes in this game. And I thought the Flames were pretty unlucky not to score the opening goal of this game. But when the Red Wings got that power play and Patrick Kane scored three seconds into it to make it one nothing. The Flames went from a team that was on their toes and dominating to a team that was on their heels and kind of being dominated by a Red Wings team that I was expecting to play a good game because they got their butts kicked in the first two games of a four-game road trip, losing 8-4 and 4-1 to the Oilers and Canucks respectively. So uh, you hope that after uh, a day off, at least uh, from playing, tomorrow that the Flames are better and they're going to have to be better when one of the top teams in the league and the Jets comes to town on Monday and I know that uh, the coaches and the players want uh, to play good hockey for the fans here at Scotiabank Saddledome where they've now lost six of the last seven so I'm expecting this team to play with pride and win or lose 
give the fans something to cheer about on Monday afternoon on Family Day. Uh, all right. Have a good rest of your long weekend, friends. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. Good night, Pat. Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills signing off following a Flames 5 nothing loss to Detroit. Uh, now we start to focus in on you. The phone lines are open at 403 240 and the text line's open at 960 960. Uh, an ugly one. That was, uh, let's be honest, that was another really gross game. That's two straight that uh, were really hard to watch if you're a Flames fan. 6-3 against the Sharks on Thursday. 5 nothing here at the Dome on this Saturday afternoon. Today's game has been brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Your phone calls, your texts coming up next. This is your Flames Talk post-game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts and this is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Your final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome in a uh, in an ugly one. The Flames fall five nothing to the Detroit Red Wings. And look, I I uh, I, I really I really don't think that. Um, we're talking about a team that has the ability to have a lot of excuses built in right now. I mean, when you're in a playoff fight like this group is, you, you've you got to be able to block distractions out. You've got to be able to um, be okay when things don't go your way in the early stages of a game like they did today against Detroit. Um, the, the thing that I keep coming back to, and if you've been listening live or or if you're at this point on the podcast, um, you know, you've heard us talk about how it, it does feel like the outside noise and distractions are weighing on the Flames. And I do believe that they're weighing on the Flames. But I thought Mick's point was, was very important in that there's still pros. Jacob Markstrom said the same thing. There's still pros. There's, there's still guys who get paid to play the sport, and that goes with the territory. I'm not saying it's easy, but they've got to do a bet. If, if that is what is going on right now. And, you know, Mark Savard told us that there's no doubt it's heavy right now. Um and, and if that is part of what we've seen these last two games, and I do think it's heavier once you get back home, no doubt about it, uh, with all the questions that you're getting from media and, you know, your families, there's uncertainty with family and friends and you're hearing it from people in person and there's the social media. I do think it is much harder to do at home, but you still have to find a way to block it out and they're going to have to, if this is creeping in, they're going to have to do a better job of blocking it out if this group wants to stay in the playoff mix like they say they do. Like this is a group that inside that locker room, they believe they're a playoff team. And whether you believe they're a playoff team or whether I believe they're a playoff team, whatever the case may be, they do. And that's a really important um, that that's really important for the the motivation behind those behind that th- those walls and and inside that room. And so if you want to be a playoff team, you can't lose to San Jose the way you did. You can't lose to San Jose, period. You can't lose to San Jose the way you did. And you got to be competitive for 60, which they weren't. Yeah, they had a great first 10 minutes of the first period or whatever it was. You can't let one Patrick Kane power play goal after a, an, an incidental Connor Zary high stick. That can't throw you off your game. You can't. That, that can't be the thing that puts you um, puts you in a different direction. 
and it did. And then 63 seconds later, it's 2 nothing, and it felt like it was done at 2 nothing. And, you know, remember in the first half of the season where these were the comeback kids? At any point, did you feel like they were going to be the comeback kids in this game this afternoon? I know I sure didn't. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it was a frustrating one, and it's a frustrating run here for the Flames. They're back to the 500 mark. They will remain five points out of a playoff spot uh, after this game. They lost ground on Los Angeles, who is now seven points ahead of them. They will remain five back of St. Louis, who lost today. The Blues have 60 points in 54 games. Flames are at 55 in 55. Uh, They're now behind Seattle. Minnesota got a point, uh, so they now are ahead of the Flames as well. And Nashville got two points in a win over St. Louis. So the Flames are now five back with three teams in between them in that five-point gap. Uh, Okay, got a few lines full, but we're pretty thin on the phone lines this afternoon. So if you want to chat, give us a call, 403-240-4444. Text line is jammed, I'll tell you that much, at 969-60. It's Steinberg with you on your Flames Talk post-game show as uh, the Flames fall 5-0 to the Detroit Red Wings. Let's hear from the captain, Michael Backlund, as you get in line on the phone lines if you're listening live. Here's Captain Michael Backlund following a uh, tough loss at the Dome. Michael, a tough afternoon and a bit of a slide here for your group. Can you, can you give us a sense of the frustration level in this room right now? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a frustrating loss. Um, I thought just like last game, we played really well in the first. Once we get scored on, I feel like we're sliding, uh, lose the momentum, and lose that. You know the way we know we can play and we're successful. And uh, you know, uh, I feel like. We lost our game last two games when it became both tough and hard, and we got to be better here to fight back. Where do you see that fight back coming? Like, how does that have to happen? Is it emotional? Is it X's and O's? Where do you see this group having to kind of dig in a little more? Well, I think as soon as we, well, I mean, play next game, we don't, but when we let a goal in, you know, we got to find a way next game or next shift to come out with energy or whatever that can be in different ways, but. Not uh, get so low. I feel like last couple games we got a little too low after letting goals in and they scored a couple of quick one or another good one pretty quickly after. So uh, just gotta stop the, that bleeding and focus on next shift and trying to you know create some energy, like I said, and um, change the game. Michael, how how frustrating is it? This has been such a rotten stretch at home for you guys. Like going back to the last home stand, I think. You've lost six or seven here. How frustrating is that? Yeah, that's tough. Um, that's uh, not acceptable. Uh, we want to play well in front of our fans. We want to win games. Um, and if we want to be serious about playoffs, we got to win games at home. Um, we can't be a 500 or below 500 team at home to make the playoffs. Uh, um, yeah, it's uh, something we talked about. After coming home last road trip going into these games we talked about you know the stretch before wasn't what we wanted and wanted to prove on it I, we talked about better stars than which we had but second pairs has been a tough one for us the last few games and we gotta fix that for next game do you feel like the will to win on a night like this afternoon like this was was there overall michael or was there more to give in that regard no no we always you know try and win and fight back and um they talk it always goes quickly both ways and um yeah, um, I never doubt my teammates or my own will to win. What about the goaltender? I mean, he leaves, no, you know, like everybody, frustrated right now. But to get pulled doesn't sit well with a competitive guy who's had a brilliant season. How, how does a group in front of him feel when, 
you have a game like that in front of you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, no, it's tough to see any goalie in a day get pulled, but especially Marky that's been playing so well for us at the last road trip. He was our best player, and uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's tough to see him get pulled. Michael, it's probably going to be easy for people to look at these last two and say, hey, maybe the distractions are starting to get to them. Maybe all the talk is starting to bother them. Is that the case? No, I mean, um, everyone comes in there every day ready to work, and you know, we're still all teammates here, and we're all excited to be together and play for each other. And um, you know, no one's showed anything. Uh, you know, there's been talk about a few guys here, and they haven't shown anything in the locker room or anything like that. So um, we come in every day and try and prove as a team. There you go, Michael Backlund post game after this five nothing loss to Detroit. One more stop before the text line on the phone lines, and that's the save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Uh, Jacob Markstrom uh, was the starter. Dan Vladar replaced him about midway through, and our save of the game this afternoon comes from Jacob in period at number one. Moves it down loaded to Brinkett. Returns the puck to Coffer. Stick handles in behind the Flames net. Walks into the near quarter and centers. Petrie will. Back up to the blue line and slide it across to Sherrod. One veteran defenseman to another. Sherrod, keep the puck in left point and center it to bring it in front. Petrie robbed by Markstrom, who makes a brilliant blocker save. That is one of the eight stops made by Jacob Markstrom this afternoon. That's one of the 16 stops made by uh, Jacob and Dan together. And that is the save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. Okay, let's get to the text line for the first time this afternoon and keep getting your calls in at 403-240-4444 if you want to chat on the phone lines here on our Flames Talk post-game show. Uh, this from Sean in Dauphin, Manitoba. Says, first, ta- first time texter. Last two games are almost identical. Great start, but the opposition under pressure. Put the opposition under pressure, rather. Um, but they weather the storm, and it's like the Flames give up and become giveaway city. Their body language after giveaways is like they don't care right now. Markstrom's the only player showing any real emotion, or maybe it's being at home at the Saddle Dome as the last home stand, and now including this one, are putting them further out of the wild card spot. Uh, should play the remainder of the season on the road, as the fans who pay hard money don't deserve the lackluster efforts of late. Uh, this says, um, Pat, it's just too easy to be completely frustrated with this team. Such a failure of a team for years and years. Guys with some class and decent players on the trade bait list and we have a guy like Huberdo who is beyond words frustrating. Uh, this from Niels in Maple Ridge who says, after the performance the last two games, I promise myself I will not be optimistic when the next three-game win streak happens. The time has come to make those moves that need to be made. Start filling the cupboards with draft picks, get some good young prospects in here, and let them get their feet wet in the last few games of the season and then determine if they're part of the future Um if they're part of our future. The trades I've seen so far are moving in the right direction. Let's keep it up and maybe at the end of the season sit down and have some serious talks with people who have no movement clauses. Um, This reads from Jeff in Lethbridge. The boys look disconnected in passing and a step behind this afternoon. Pospisil, Zeri, Kadri were decent. So was Kuzmenko. Not too much positive, though, to speak of. A little more pride and less excuses when you're playing in front of fans paying premium prices. Fans can help 
uh, can help bring energy to the players, but Canadian fans in general need inspiration from the play on the ice in order to bring their applause. This from Nathan, who says, Pat, for a team that's been so resilient all year, they played a good first period, gave up a power play goal, and then things snowballed. They never got back to their game since. Is that not concerning to you that it looked like they packed it in after one bad thing happened, looked pretty lifeless for the rest of the game other than a few minutes here and there? Yeah, I agree, Nathan. That is super concerning, and and you do not like to see that at all. Um that seems way more like last year's Flames, what we saw this afternoon, and that is troubling because last year's Flames were a group that, yeah, when they got down, when, when, when something went against them, it was real easy for them to pack it in. It was really easy for them to basically take their ball and go home, and, and that has not been something that we've seen this Flames team do on a very regular basis this year, but this afternoon, it, it did go that way, and and that was definitely frustrating to say, see, and I, and I do wonder if it is a product of kind of what's going on right now, and I'm not trying to use that as an excuse, but when there's so much going on, and there's so much negative that's hanging over this team right now, and then something goes against you, I think it's really easy just human nature to be like, oh, here we go again. It's going to snowball on us. I don't know. That's just a hypothesis, but I do wonder a little bit about that. Um, Mark from Country Hill says, with every frustrating loss, I become more and more a part of Team Tank. Also, who do you think they should give uh, Lindholm and eventually Tanev's A to when they decide to give it out? Well, I think Coleman for sure. I'd go Uyghur. I think Uyghur is a, a good candidate as well. Those are two that come to mind right away. Uh, Scotty in Victoria says, it's almost like all these distractions and trade rumors are finally getting to the boys. I'm about ready to have it all be done. Trade the UFAs and Markstrom, and let's move on with our lives. Build a team with the guys they have left. Geesh, this is bad. Have a great weekend, Pat. That's from Scotty in Victoria. Leandro says, may the teardown begin. Sadly, the vibes are now far from immaculate. I think all this trade talk has started to get them to this point. People underestimate how much vibes, a good locker room, and all the outside talk can affect a team. For people who disagree because they're paid millions of dollars and should get over it, you got to give your head a shake. Uh, James in Regina says, Pat, the Flames power play is back to looking as dangerous as my... 76-year-old mother-in-law in a bar fight. This game just shows how important it is. At two crucial moments, the Wings power play scored, and that was it. Would you start hitting, sitting Tanev and or Hannafin at this point? I think it becomes more and more of a valid conversation as they fall further out of this thing. Now they're five back and will stay five back um, going into their next game against the Jets on Monday. You know, that's not insurmountable, but there's also now three teams between them and St. Louis. Five back is St. Louis, but Seattle, Nashville, and Minnesota are all ahead of the Flames too, so you've also got to move out three teams if you're going to want to get there. I, I, I do think that continuing to Play these guys is risky. If they're going to be get moved, which we believe they're going to get moved, I think it's a conversation that you, you absolutely have to be having behind closed doors right now. Uh, Dan and Cochran says, "Well, that just happened." <laughs> that was the same. That was the same text. Text Dan and Cochran uh, sent on Thursday as well. Uh, this says, "I think we need to make these trades soon." Clearly, all the rumors are affecting the team. Very good D men are giving away pucks they normally never would. Pull the bandaid off and figure out what they're left with. That's from Andre in Okotoks. Uh, this reads, "Good evening, Pat." 
It's your buddy Anna and and happy Saturday. Sneaking in a text during work again. Hope you're doing well. I just saw the scores five nothing. I'm sad and confused. What's happening with this team at home? Why do they play worse than on a road trip? And secondly, I'm not sure what to cheer for. Higher picks or for them to win. Have a good night and a great weekend. Well, and and I mean, it's kind of up to you. Um, I, that's why I. I I, in, in situations like this, when, when I cheer for, the, I, I really only cheer for and, and like I'm like a hardcore fan of one team uh, in, in all of pro sports, I guess two, the Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so, you know, especially when it comes to the Buccaneers, I much prefer them winning and, and I know that them losing you get high draft picks and and you hope that you are able to you're hope able to make something of them and you understand what rebuilding is all about but that rebuild can be hard but it can also be exciting and so the way I've always looked at it as a fan of a Bucks team that is more often bad than not recently it's been fun the last four years they've been good but you know the thing that I always is you just you don't have any control over it, so I don't have any control over it. Um, I hope they do well when they get good picks, and then when they start to win, it's fun too. Now, it's different in the NFL as it is in the NHL. It's it's not a apples-to-apples apples comparison, but I guess what I would say is, you know, kind of, I, I don't know, I, I forget who it was. It's, it might be Matt in Cochran. It might be Dan in Cochran. I don't remember who it is who said this, but enjoy the wins and embrace the losses um, is basically what his advice was. And that's not bad advice to, to give out to a fan either, I think. Uh, this reads, well, Pat, that just happened. I don't know what the answer is, but it seems like the outside environment is creeping in to this locker room. They're playing hard, but they're playing frustrated, and that usually correlates to bad decisions and ultimately a bad outcome. The rumor of trades needs to stop. Conroy is needed here and needs to address the media so the fans and pundits can stop discussing it and let the team just play the bloody game. It was a disappointing night tonight. I, I don't really know what Conroy coming out and saying anything does for them, really. I think it just adds to the speculation. I honestly do. Uh, this from Joel and Cranston. Well, Pat, another struggling goalie finds his stride against the Flames. Just like last year, this team has no leaders and shouldn't have a captain. Can you explain the media's love affair with Backlund and Manjapani and as many of us baffled? I, I don't really know what the issue is in terms of Backlund, the captain. He was universally the choice for captain inside that room. I think that, Joel, the, the team has a better idea of michael's leadership skills than you do and I'm, I'm not suggesting that you're not entitled to your opinion you are but i would just push back on that with um, he was universally the guy that that group wanted to be named captain um when they decided to name one um this says 960, 960, perhaps you could try and inject some positive energy into the team and try to focus on something other than your trade opinions and speculation. It's getting really old. I think if um, if, if you're expecting a, us not to do our job as the media, well, sorry, we're going to do our job. Uh, but also if you are, are expecting us not to talk about the things that everybody on the outside is talking about, 
well, then you're expecting us to do a poor job at us doing our job. So I, I think that's a really silly text, personally. Um, this says at 960-960 from Murray G. The distractions have taken their toll the past two games. I look forward to seeing what Conroy can do to reshape this team. This reads, I don't know what's going on with the Flames mentality, but if they really do want to make the playoffs, they better play better in front of their goalie. Regardless of who's in net, they have to play better and get a handle on that puck. Stafford was at the Dome today and says... Um, I bailed after the second. For those saying this is a team that's challenging for a playoff spot, just stop. For those saying it's not time for a rebuild, just stop. And for the love of God, um, stop making excuses. Um, he's not saying to, to me. He's just saying overall, uh, stop making excuses. Enough of the trade chatter being the reason for this debacle. This is a team that if it doesn't get Vesna quality, goaltending just collapses. They did the same thing against the Sharks with Wolf in, and they did the same thing this afternoon when Markstrom didn't bring his A game. They can wallow in mediocrity or they can choose the three-year plan of building for a competitive future by acquiring high picks and prospects. I prefer the latter, and I suspect the majority of Flames fans feel the same way. And don't get me started on that power play that isn't. You already know my position on that disaster. Let the trades begin. Yes, I, I am all for the three-year plan as well. I fully believe the Flames need to make these changes. I, I don't think they need to make them today or tomorrow, but, but before the trade deadline and going into the summer with some of the other decisions that could be there, I, I think that that is absolutely uh, something that they should do, and let's be honest, I think they will do. Brad and Bridgeland says, yesterday on the Daily Flames Roundtable, you were talking about how distractions could be playing a factor, and I think it was even more evident today. They aren't playing with intensity and seem completely disjointed. What's frustrating is they seem to start games with lots of chances but can't finish. With the deadline drawing near and the team trending in the wrong direction, I think it's time to start considering sitting Tanev and anyone else else on the trade block have a good evening off pat it'll be well deserved after the last couple of post game shows couple more texts then we'll get to the phone lines um 403-240-4444 is your phone number uh, got a couple of lines open if you want to chat this afternoon uh this is from brad this team's power plays absolutely abysmal they just lollygag around the ice like they're out for a sunday skate uh Craig needs to get these moves going. These guys' trade value are dropping with each garbage effort. I don't know how it's possible, but this group just keeps getting worse. This reads, I really hope Conroy gets the big trades done this deadline. It's clear it's bothering everyone. We don't want this stuff hanging over the team through the offseason and into next year. Let's pull the trigger and get the moves done. And finally from Ethan, rough game. Thought a lot of those calls were questionable, but I digress. Flat-footed players resulted in a basically decided game by 30 minutes in tried to find you patty in the crowd to buy you a brew but i'll have to catch you next time that comes from ethan ah uh, thank you ethan but not necessary um yeah, this fist bump's good i can't i can't have a beer during work anyway I, I i need to be sharp uh but i appreciate it that's very nice of you ethan okay let's get to the phone lines at 403-240-4444 following a flames five nothing loss to detroit it's steinberg along with you on your flames talk post game show apple spotify google Amazon or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the phone line's at 403-240-4444. 5 nothing final Detroit over Calgary. And Darren kicks us off on the phone lines today. What's up, Darren? Uh, hi, how are you? I am well. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. I'm the I'm the caller that called in and said that Calgary would, uh, would end up in uh, last place under San Jose. Yeah, that's, but, uh, that's probably not going to happen. Now, what's 
maybe not now with looking at the points, but uh, I've played a lot of hockey in my life. And if I'm going for a playoff run, I want the best people out on the ice. Especially when you're this close and you come off a really good road trip like that. Mm-hmm. And they failed to play Markstrom in that San Jose game. And they really should have, because I think that demoralized the bunch. Um, um I, I they, they, they also all... have to they also have to rest him too. Um, well, and... are we re- are we resting here? Are we resting here? Or are we going for a playoff? Like Both. these people are getting paid good money. Both. Sometimes I have to work overtime, and you have to work overtime to make your show good. You know what? You know what? I'm sorry. I I can't call anyone's mom or give them a big hug. But, you know, when push comes to shove and you're this close to a playoff position, you don't play an AHL goaltender in your net. I've played hockey. And I, and and really, I would be dejected by what they did there. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know if I, I don't know if that is is bang on or not, Darren. I just know that you can't play your number one every night, and they felt like, and they they think? also feel they also feel that uh, Jacob, when he is rested and when he has the proper amount of rest, he is a better goaltender, and the numbers that they have and some of the numbers that are out there flesh that out. So I I. And, and we can agree to disagree on it. That's fine. I just I don't uh, I I don't see that being um, the reason, the only reason why they lost that game. A and B. I I don't actually have much of a problem with the decision to start Wolf at all. Well, I like uh, yeah, we disagree there because I think I think if I'm a player on the ice, if I'm a Calgary Flame, I, I want my best players on the ice. I, and you know what? That gives me a little bit more motivation as a player playing on a team that, that we're I'm not even saying I'm not even saying that you're wrong that they would prefer having Jacob of course they would that's you know that's a guy having a hell of a year that's their meal ticket in a lot of ways all I'm and saying is that he, they also understand tonight. they also understand that you know it's it's 2024 goalies don't play every game and and so they, they also know that so I and, and I, I don't know I don't know if if that that if if they were like I, I don't think that they were demoralized because Jacob wasn't in there. That's that I'm that's just my guess. I don't know that for do you sure. Think, do you think do you think that Jacob wanted to play that San Jose game after coming off a road trip like that? I do. I think Jacob wants to play every game. Well, okay, let him play then. You know, like that wasn't even brought up in the last two or three days of conversation. But me as a player and I played a lot of hockey, I, I would be, I'd be totally demoralized, especially, especially because this is a pretty good group of hockey players. Like, like that road trip really showed some good, solid hockey. And, you know, they put him in that tonight, and he had a blow game tonight. You know, he wasn't good in that. You, you, you need to, someone that's a performer like that, that's a professional, he, he needs the time. He needs the reps. He's in shape, man. Well, let's face it; these guys, these we're guys gonna, don't Darren, they we're don't gonna have to. We're just gonna time. go around in circles. We're gonna have to disagree, like agree to disagree, because I, I'm not convincing you, and that's fine. And and you're not convincing me on this one. Uh, I I had no problem with them starting Wolf. I I am fully on board with them managing the uh, managing the rest levels of Markstrom, and and you thought they should have gone with Jacob, and that's fine. So absolutely, yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, I thank you for your time. Thank you for the call, Darren. You have yourself a great night, hey? Yeah, you too. Thank you, man. Uh, let's say hello to Kent at 403-240-4444. Follow on a Flames. Uh, 5 nothing loss to the Detroit Red Wings. What's up, Kent? Hey, Patty. How are you? I'm good, man. How are we doing? Oh, not too bad. Hey, I just I had to phone in because my little mishap there the other day. People actually wanted to hear my trade, so that's why I'm phoning <laughs> in. So my trade was from New Jersey, get number 13 and number 6. Marino you, and you, okay, uh, sorry. Yeah, they're not. You're not getting Heisher. You don't think so? He's their captain. What if we give him Hannafin, Tanev, Markstrom? I. Um, I don't but, even know how know, that would. I don't even know how know. that would work on the cap, man. I really. I know. Me neither. You you really got to think about about it. And I'll let you think about that, but it's a blockbuster. That would be that would indeed be a blockbuster, yes. Yeah. So and then my other small trade request would have been I don't know, I sure like Louis DeBrus boy Jake there. He's he's a pretty good player, eh? And he's kinda of been in and out with Boston. Like would given Boston Hanfin for him too much? I think that you'd be looking for more, and that's not a knock yeah. on Jake at all. Um, I no. just and I and I also don't think. I mean, Boston's looking to win a Stanley Cup. Jake DeBrusk's a yeah. top six player there. I I, yeah. I don't think Boston acquiring a player at this deadline is giving up a guy like DeBrusk. They're they're okay. looking to give up picks and prospects and and people who aren't in the lineup um, and yeah. aren't like regular contributors, right? It's the same thing with Colorado giving up Bowen Byram. They're just, I, I, I just don't see that happening this year because the Avalanche yeah. want to win a Stanley Cup and they're going to, even, even if they, um, even if they bring in a really good player, Bowen Byram is their, is a top three defenseman on that team. Like he's a top two pairing guy. I just don't see a team that is hell bent on winning a Stanley cup, trading away a guy like him just because they're looking to acquire something. So I, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I like DeBrusque too. I just don't know if he's a guy that would um, actually be someone that Boston's looking to move. Okay, no, I'll leave the trade thing alone. And I really value your opinions. You're a smart hockey guy, so it's nice to talk to you. And my second favorite caller next to Robert is that Darren from Cochrane. He, he was the guy that, that had him finishing last, and I jumped on board there, but then I jumped off. So I don't know. <laughs> We're not going to finish last there. No, and, and honestly, they, they and, I, and this is not to um, talk, of talk. you know, Darren's not here to defend himself. Darren, yeah, um, he's a good guy. But but I don't like I never this team's not bad enough to be a team that misses um, that, that that finishes that low in the standings right like they're just yeah, the no. roster's not that bad. I know. Look around the league; like we're pretty lucky. We follow a lot of hockey, and there's some train wrecks around the league. I'll tell you that. Yes, there are. <laughs> we're not a train wreck, so it's just 101 flames. So. Like I said, keep up the good work there, Pat. Nice show and everything. And I'll just, I'm going to listen for a while here and stuff. But uh, take care. Thank you, Kent. Be well, man. It's good to hear from you as always. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Let's say hello to Sean at 403-240-4444 following a Flames 5-0 loss to the Detroit Red Wings here at the Dome. Sean, what's going on? Hey, Pat. Good good evening, as they say. 
Pat? Yes, I, good evening. <laughs> I phoned you about a month, a month and a half ago or so. Um, and my take was that you, you, as a business, you have to have a plan. And you you got to make the plan, stick to it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And my take was that, okay, if you're going to try to make the playoffs as what to get in, then, yeah, you play marks and whatever. And then my, the other thing is if you're going to if you're going to um, rebuild, then to start rebuilding. So in other words, now if we're, which I think we should rebuild, by the way, if we're going to rebuild, then you got to make moves like, for example, don't play Markstrom very much at all. Don't play Hannafin or don't play um, Tannis. They're not gonna. They're not gonna try to lose though, Sean. They're not gonna. They're, that it's just it's it's not gonna happen and and go read go read Eric Francis's column with uh, with Craig Conroy from earlier this week. I mean it's it's not gonna happen. That's not that's not the way the Flames. They're not gonna purposely try to make themselves. The only reason that they would be sitting somebody out would be because they're imminently going to be traded and they don't want that player to get hurt. They're not gonna do it to make them less competitive. Yes, but if they just but you missed my point in a way. If if you're gonna if you're gonna say yeah it's a rebuild, then and you're gonna trade these players, then don't I didn't say don't play them all the time, but try to sit them more to avoid injuries or whatever. And like I'm not telling I'm not telling to the other players, the young players especially, not to play hard. Play hard, but don't go overboard trying to win whatever. It's a rebuild. Yeah, but they, there's no but Sean. An NHL player is never going to be on board to do that. That's what I just said, but Pat, I just said let them. You want your kids to play really good. What I'm saying is the the, the players that you think are you deem that are going to bring you assets in, maybe don't play them as much. Don't sit them now. Sit them more often than you would if you were trying to make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. Well, and uh, okay, but like you wouldn't ever sit Noah Hannafin or. Chris Tanev unless you were doing it strictly to avoid injury which I think is a fair conversation I I, I, I don't I just would never make that decision for the purpose of losing or or to okay. be less competitive that's all but okay but you see again yeah okay I see what you're saying too but, but again my point is I I when I when I phoned you way back when I told you I, I was in Calgary when the flames first came. And I've seen this story over and over again. And we're always landing. We're good enough not to be in the bottom, but we're not good enough to be in the top. So we always end up in the middle, and we never get a really good draft choice like the Oilers or whatever to get a player that can change things. So what I'm saying is maybe down the road, maybe we have to tank. That's all. I mean, I don't know what what else to say. It's been going on and on and on. It's like, uh, it's like you know when those gerbils in a in a in a thing going around around around, and we never seem to, to, I don't know, we never seem to go ahead. So I'm saying let's maybe let's tank, let's do something different. They're not going to, I guess, is how I would respond to that. Okay, but you but you know what I'm saying from the I do no, and 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 honestly, Sean, you're not you're not alone. You're you're definitely not alone. You know, and I'm not. And I love Calgary. I'm always going to be a Flames fan. It's just. It's just like God. We've got to do something different, you know. And I don't know. Anyways, I, I'll let you go. I just, I just, I just wanted to put in those two cents there. Uh, I appreciate it, man. You have yourself a great night, Sean. You too, Pat. Thank you.
Uh, let's say hello at 403-240-4444 to Igor, who's with us following a 5 nothing loss to the Red Wings. What's up, Igor? Hey, uh, everything's going good over here. A little rough game, but um, otherwise a good day. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, yeah, I'm watching that game and been watching a lot of Flames games this season. And they're, they're a team that can be so fun to watch when they're playing well, like the Bruins game after the All-Star break watch that team i'm like wow this team's on track for a great back half of the of the season and then there's i was in the sharks game watching that one it was a little bit uh, rough to watch this one was rough to watch ended up um, turning it off in the third period because i wanted to go do something else but it's a it's a roller coaster of a team because when you see them playing well it's like wow this team's incredible but then they just have these games where it seems like everything collapses yeah, and you made the uh, I think you made the right call um, by not watching the third period. And yes, they do seem like a team, at least in these last two games anyway, that um, are very easily thrown off their game by something going against them. Which is actually something that we didn't see a lot of during that road trip. Igor is that they that when they were on that road trip, you know, if if momentum felt like it was starting to shift. They did a pretty good job of reeling it back in. Like, I even think about the Boston game um, where it felt like maybe things were starting to shift in Boston's direction. They had the power play there and and had an opportunity to really start to storm their way back, and instead the Flames didn't let it happen. So they did a really good job of that on the road. But in these last two games, you're right, um, one or two things really easily throws them off. Yeah, it's something that I'd love to understand what's going on there because – um, it, it's super fun. You can tell that they're really high, really strong athletes. And I think that no, no athlete of that level is going to say, okay, let's tank, let's drop the team. I enjoy as a fan watching the games be competitive. But if, if there's some way to figure out what's happening in these, that big fluctuation in game capabilities, I think that's the thing to look at. So I don't think you need to rebuild or drop everything i think just dialing that in moving some pieces to make sure that you have a proper proper team and a proper future but if if they rebuild then i don't want to go through a year of rough hockey to sit there and be hopeful yeah yeah and i i feel that i i do i do understand that and i mean look there's a lot of different um opinions as to how they should go about things and and i think that you know most opinions out there are pretty valid i think we have a pretty good idea of how the flames are going to go about their business i think we have a pretty good idea that they're going to try to do this on the fly and they're going to try to you know over the next three and a half years here and i think that's a pretty good target i think uh october of 2027 is when they would like this to really start bearing the most fruit so that gives them three and a half years to get younger to get some more high-end players into the organization and to see where things go see what you can draft see who's ready uh, all that type of stuff yeah yeah it's a thing that i'm going to keep going to these games as they start to taper off in the season, we'll see what goes forward. But I, I would hate to see everything be just thrown away and try to restart fresh because they clearly have something there. It's clearly working. There's just a few missing pieces to put it all together. So I think just figure that out. All right, Igor. Well, you have yourself a great afternoon, great night, hey? Thanks so much. Bye-bye. 
Thank you, man. Appreciate the call. And uh, take one more call before we head back inside the Flames locker room uh, for a final time as we say hello to Raj on our Flames Talk postgame phone lines. What's up, Raj? Good to hear from you. Hey, buddy. Uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while since I've called in. Um, yeah. I think the last time I called in, I went off on, like, a rant about how, like, guys, don't worry. Like, we're going to make the playoffs. And, like, Sutter knows what he's doing. I think it was, like, over oh, a year ago. A year ago. It, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't work out that way, man. But uh, you know what? Uh, this is going to be more of a positive call, I think, than a lot of the other ones you're going to get today. So, like, I want to preface this by saying that, like, I don't begrudge anybody for being frustrated. I was at the game today. It was hard to watch. Um, I don't begrudge anybody for wanting the team to tank. Like, I, I disagree with it, but I get it. Like You, understand, you a, understand the reasoning or, or any, how, why. Anybody who's a yeah. diehard, I, I understand, like, the emotional reasoning behind it. But, like, anybody who's a diehard Flames fan has, like, spent years with, their buddies who are Oilers fans rubbing it in their faces, McJesus and Dreisaitl and which one of our guys is going to be the MVP this year. I, I get why people feel that way. I also understand why it's a bad idea. And when, you know, you can have an entire show just about like tanking. So I won't go on about that. What I want to, what I want to talk about. Um, and, and I'll preface this by saying like, I watch every single game. I share season tickets. I go to a lot of games I love what Craig Conroy is doing. Like this season has been so much more fun to watch. And it's not because like, Oh, I thought we had a chance to win the cup this year. It's just because it's been more fun to watch. Like the games have literally been more fun to watch. It's fun to see what Zari and Pospisil are going to do. It's fun to see like Kadri a little bit re-energized. It's fun to see like Sharon Govich, who is pretty much like tossed aside by the devil, suddenly becoming a first line player here. Like they're just they're just more fun games. The crowd is more into it, and and you know what? Like last year was so miserable, not just because we lost, but also just because it was miserable. Like you're at those games, Pat. Like everybody looks unhappy all the time, and like oh yes, the crowd isn't into it this year. So like when I came out of it last year, thinking about whether or not we were going to renew our season tickets, whether or not like it was worth spending so much of our free time watching Flames games. I realized, like, there's 32 teams in the league. Only one of them is going to win the Stanley Cup. Like, for all the, you know, for all, for all the uh, hubris of Oilers fans, like, they haven't won anything out of this yet. Um, but I get why they're so excited, because those guys are fun to watch, even if they don't win. Like, the games just have to be fun. Like, I don't right. know, if the, like, when the Calgary Flames are going to win a Stanley Cup. But I do know that for the last, like, however many years, if you were, like, 10 years old in this city and you wanted to be a Flames fan, whose poster are you going to put up on your wall? Like, who who did you care about that was, you know, interesting and exciting enough? I, I think kids are going to be excited about well, I mean, that, like that, that, Johnny, that, that Johnny Gaudreau guy was pretty exciting. It was great. Yeah, that was great. If Brad's team had come together and everyone stayed healthy and we'd gone on some deep playoff runs, that would have been great. It didn't work out. So that's fine. That's the life cycle of pro sports. Any of us mm-hmm. who are like over the age of 20 have seen this happen with lots and lots of teams. Mm-hmm. That team is gone. Like they've moved on. It's fine. I don't begrudge any of these guys. And maybe I'm, you know, in the minority in that. But like 
I don't begrudge Elias Lindholm for wanting to get paid. He's been on a very team-friendly contract for years. He wants to get overpaid on his next contract. Like, yeah, man, go, like, have your career and live your life. Like, we didn't draft him. He doesn't owe us anything more. Uh, same with Noah Hannafin. Like, the guy's going to get married. He wants to move back to, like, the East Coast or California or, like, wherever. Like, yeah, go, like, do your thing, man. Like, you've been a good player. Thanks for letting us know in time to trade you is all I would say based on previous experience. Like Markstrom's 34, if he's starting to get like tired of the trade talk and stuff like that, like I, it's all understandable to me. And, and even today's performance, as hard as it was to watch, and again, people who pay their money or even just like spend their time at home watching these games and they find it frustrating, I don't blame them at all. But I understand it. Like these guys are human like anybody who says, like, well, they're professional athletes, they should put it aside. Yeah, they're not Navy SEALs. Like, these guys are, like, emotional mm. hockey players who, you know, the, you see it all the time. They get into fights, they hit guys, they yell at the refs, and they're competitors. And when they see that, like, they've underperformed and their GM is pretty much throwing in the towel on the year and saying, yeah, we're going to trade away, like, three core pieces of our team and start focusing on next year, they're going to be a bit deflated. By that, that's, I think, understandable. Um, it would be weird if, like, they came out and acted like nothing was going on. I mean, that's that's what I think anyways. Um, I think that it'll get better, like, once the trades happen and the deadline is passed and the pressure's off. We see that happen with teams every single year. Like, they'll loosen up and... And just play. We saw it. Um, uh, we saw it here. Yeah. The the before the 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 final trade deadline before Brad Tree Living was the GM when when Brian Burke handled that deadline. Remember they uh, they they didn't trade Mike Camilleri that trade deadline. Um, but w- once the deadline had passed. Um, it, the team played so much better from that point forward, and and I think a big part of it is is what you're talking about there. Totally, and it you know. These guys being pros, I think they also get that, like, this is how it goes. Like, most of these guys have been on teams that have missed the playoffs in the past. They've had friends get traded. They've gotten traded. They, like, they understand this is what happens. Like, people who are ticked about today, I get it, but it's an 82-game season. It's a grind. Like, they've showed up more nights this season than I think they have in the past couple of seasons. So, like... If, you know, today and a couple of days ago were the days where they look really down, like even Tanev looked down today, I, I mean, then I guess that's like, it's understandable. It's that time of year for them. It's probably the worst couple of weeks of the entire season that they're going to have, and and then it'll be over. But I will say one thing. If the last two games have taught me anything, San Jose yeah. and, and this game, it is that people in this city have no appetite for a tank. Like, this is how people react after two bad home games. Like, what's going to happen when you lose, like, 50 games in a season? Like, everyone keeps talking about wanting to tank, but, like, get like, could you do this for the next three years? I, I think people would lose their minds in this. Like, they, no, they can't. And, and I think the Flames know that. I think Craig Conray knows that better than anybody. He's been here for so long. He's been part of the team as it's rebuilt and then been part of the management team. So, like... I'm yeah. I, I don't know if, if you take that the same way, but just like listening to a lot of the calls, it's like if people are really frustrated by like the last two games, like go to Buffalo and like see what happens when you have like multiple first overall picks and you're still missing the playoffs and 
question yeah, the guy's there's, effort. There's no that. guarantees, man. There are there are, and and if you do decide, and and again, they're not going to tank. I I do think they're going to pivot, no. and I do think that that them pivoting is going to see them maybe take a little bit of a competitive step back for a little while. But I don't think it's going to be a long while. And uh, and then they're going to see if they can build to build a better team for a few years down the road, and a team that is is ready to compete at a higher level uh, once they come out of it. And again, I'd be targeting if I'm them, and this is what I believe they're doing. Um, I think they're targeting that uh, opening of a new building in the fall of 2027 as when they want to come out of this and when they want to be done their retool or reshape or whatever word you want to use. That, I think, is the target. i got to move on, Raj, just because uh, we've gone long here, but I appreciate the call. It's always uh, good to hear from Let you. Let me hey? just ask you, can I just ask you, one quick question yep. before you go. One, do you think there's a blockbuster trade coming in the next couple of weeks? And two, what Elliot Friedman uh, said on his podcast this week, on a Sportsman podcast this week, that the Flames actually had some pretty in-depth talks with uh, Columbus on a live Yeah, I, I, I saw that. Ago. I saw that. What do you think Craig Conroy was asking for that eventually made Columbus back away from that? That's my question. Um, well, and I appreciate the call, Raj. It sounds like it was a, a very futures-based trade, and Columbus, with where they are right now, maybe wasn't as um, enamored with going down that road and giving up, you know, some high picks and also prospects. I, I don't know what he was looking for, but it sounds like those high picks um, and the – it sounds like the the amount of futures that were involved is kind of why this one was backed off on from a Columbus standpoint. So uh, that that's uh, that's as best as I can tell you, and and that's that's kind of how it was explained by Elliot. I I don't personally know what the Flames were looking for. You know, the 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 name Boone Jenner um, was thrown out there by somebody. I don't know though if Columbus would be moving him to bring in a Lindholm, right? So I I, I think it probably. Probably would have been a younger player. Um, uh, probably would have been a first-round pick, a prospect, and maybe one other piece is is what you probably would have been talking about if Columbus were to be the team that pulled off that deal. Obviously, we know it was Vancouver who did. Um, and uh, they were the team that ended up bringing in Elias Lindholm. Okay, phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444. Got a couple of lines open right now if you want to chat. The text line's open at 960-960 as the Flames fall 5-0 to Detroit here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's time to select today's Player with Heart. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. Again, not a ton of um, options for you, but uh, this one is a pretty easy one. I'm going Nazem Kadri, who was, I thought, Calgary's best player in this game. Um, Kadri had uh, seven shot attempts. He got three of those on net. Uh, all seven of his shot attempts were scoring chances, and four of them were high-danger scoring chances. Uh, that line was Calgary's best once again, and I thought Kadri was a really good member of that line. Nazem Kadri is today's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for HeartFit assessments and proven, uh, proven treatments not available at your doctor's office. Visit HeartFit.com. All right, let's uh, head back inside the Flames locker room for a final time. Check in with Blake Coleman. His thoughts following a 5-0 setback to Detroit today. 
Blake, no doubt a frustrating afternoon. I wonder, as you look at this game, maybe it's different than other ones, maybe it's different than San Jose, I don't know, but are you seeing enough emotional pushback in your entire group? Um, honestly, I thought the start of our game was pretty good the first 15 minutes. Uh, I thought we were the better team and dictate a lot of the play, and then um, you know, they score, score two quick ones and get the lead, and um, just not enough pushback. What would you like to see change when you know things start to slide? As Jacob just said, a slippery slope. What do you? How do you? What do you want to see to try and dig out in moments like those? Well, you just got to get your confidence going. You know, I think um, you don't want to run around, and it's easy as a as a spectator to to want guys to start running around like chickens with their head cut off. But it's not going to win you games either. I've been on teams that have. Uh, gone the wrong way doing stuff like that so it's really just getting back to our foundations and what makes us good and um, at the end of the day we're just not making confident enough plays and executing at a high enough level to you know, to make life difficult on their goalie and um, and other teams are capitalizing on the mistakes that we make. Like there's not a lot of teams in this league that are below 500 in their own building how, how much does that lack of home ice success fall in this group? Well, it's disappointing. You know, it's you know, ideally in this league, your uh, you know your home record's generally better than your road record, but uh, obviously it's not the case for us right now. And um, I mean, you know, rightfully so, we get booed today, and you know, it's it's quiet because we're not generating much. And um, you know, we've had spurts where it's been good, but it's uh, not consistent enough. And like I said, I think if we capitalize on a few chances in that first 15 minutes, maybe. The building gets into it. We start feeling good. Uh, maybe it's a different script. So, um, just was what it was. We uh, we just got two down um, when the chips started to fall, and you know we got to find ways. I think I said it last game too. Just find ways to get the the building into the game. You know, it's uh, it's quiet at times, and it's quiet on our bench. And you know, we need to be loud on our bench, and, and we need to give you know people. Reasons to get out of their seat. How, how does it feel when you see you know, the goaltender who's been keeping you in so many games, you know, pulled from the game, and I guess you guys feel like you let him down? Yeah, we all know it's not Marky being pulled for his play. Um, if anything, sometimes you know, coaches will do it to see if he can get a reaction or a spark out of the team, and um, you know, he's he's the reason we win a lot of games, and he's the reason uh, you know that we are where we are. So he, he's just. Uh, yeah, you're, you're disappointed more in yourself uh, for letting it get to that point. And, um, you know, he's a guy that we all care about and want to play hard for, and uh, it's disappointing that we let him down again. Like, did you see the, like, the fan throw the octopus and that means a little bit not? Let's say, do you guys on the bench notice that or when an op- opposing fan does something like that at your home rank? I didn't even know until you said it. I didn't even know that. Like, is it too easy to say trade talk is getting to these guys? I don't think it's trade talk. Um... You know, this group's done a good job of keeping the noise out and playing hard. It's it's not a lack of effort or, or want to win. It's just like I said, we're not executing and um, we're not we're not making confident plays. And um, you know, every team in the league's got trade talk right now, one way or another. Um, it's, that's what this time of year brings about. And you, know, you got to be a big boy and and push that noise out and, and just play your game. 
There you go. Blake Coleman, our final look inside the Flames locker room following a 5-0 loss to Detroit here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's Steinberg with you on your Flames Talk postgame show as uh, we continue along on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get them. We've heard from Blake Coleman. We've heard from Michael Backlund. We've heard from Jacob Markstrom and head coach Ryan Huska, plus Andrew Mangiapane joined us live, as did assistant coach Mark Savard. It's time to look ahead. Looking ahead, brought to you by Ankali biotech fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system to learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer visit oncolyticsbiotech.com and next up is uh monday versus winnipeg uh that is a two o'clock face-off on sportsnet west so that is monday afternoon family day matinee after a saturday 2 p.m we've got a monday 2 p.m i can't ever remember back-to-back matinee games uh, at the Dome anyway. Flames have won three of their last four head-to-head games with the Jets. That dates back to last season. They took the first game of this year's three-game season series by a 5-3 score back on October 11th. So that's next up for the Flames, uh, a Winnipeg Jets team. The Flames have enjoyed success against over the last year or two. Then they finish off this four-game homestand Thursday against the Boston Bruins, then off on the road Saturday to take on the Edmonton Oilers. That is Looking Ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Back to the text line we go at 960-960. Let's, uh, let's do it. What do we got? here on the text line this afternoon this from uh pav in calgary south who says uh again uh what the bleep was that flames moment since the departure of the line it's been what it is and that is what the bleep was that but even through this downtime all flames fans should keep in mind is that they got the right guy in charge i believe in what he's doing and it will get better sooner than we all think great job enjoy listening to the whole radio team uh megan mickelson has been an awesome addition that comes from pav appreciate that pav uh um, this says from, I'm not sure who this is from, but it says, Pat, thanks for all your hard work. I'm more team tank than not, but instead of 5 nothing, maybe try harder and lose 4-2 with an empty netter. No matter what there needs to be effort, uh, I hoped Huberdeau would come around, but he's like a jilted lover. He needs to go somehow. Have a good one. That comes from, I don't know who that's again from, but uh, I appreciate the text. Uh, what else we got here? This from Rod in Calgary. No doubt the Flames had a really rough game. Um... And this is, uh, this is about the referees. Um, didn't like the refereeing. I'm, I'm just not going to go down that road just because I, I, I really – did the refs have a great game? No. I didn't think it was the best officiated game ever. Sure. It had next to nothing to do with the uh, with the final outcome. And, and Flames lost this game because they played really, really poorly this afternoon. Um, this reads from Sam. First off, my condolences to Gio and his entire family. Flames Nation will always have your back. Uh, and he's talking about uh, Gio's, uh, Gio's dad passed away uh, earlier this week. Gio being Mark Giordano, the former captain. Uh, real shocker. Um, I, 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 got, I got the news really early on from somebody else uh, who's really close with the Giordano family. And um, I, I just 
just saw how much that hit that person like a ton of bricks. So, uh, yeah, really, really sad news to hear that uh, Mark's dad passed away. Uh, I believe it was Friday morning is when we found out. It happened Thursday overnight. So, yes, absolutely, Sam. All, all the thoughts and prayers to the Geo family and condolences on, on the passing of his dad. Um, this says, well, that was another nasty one today. Yes, I for one believe the noise is starting to weigh on this team and the cracks are showing, but I still believe Conroy can't initiate a quick trade just to settle the room. He must continue to hold his price for all the trade chips. Regardless, the dust will settle on March 9th and the sun will come up. That comes from Sam, and I agree. That's uh, well said, I think. Um... This says um, from Tyler, thoughts on trading Coleman to help boost the rebuild in addition to the other guys? I wouldn't. I actually would. You know, I, I don't think there's much untouchable on, on a roster that's going through transition like the Flames are. But I really do believe that Blake Coleman's one of those guys that I would avoid, try to avoid moving. You know, obviously, if you get a deal you can't refuse, then that's a different story. I, I grant you that. But uh, I, I just think Blake Coleman is the type of guy you want through a rebuild. And again, maybe it's not something he's super keen to do. I don't know. But Blake signed here to set down roots. Blake signed here because he wanted to raise a family in Calgary. He chose Calgary uh, over a lot of other spots. And so because of that, and because of the leader he is, and because of the, the respect that he has, I think that Blake Coleman's the type of guy that I would want to keep around if if I were the Flames. So that's the way I look at it. This from Rick in Lakeview who says, what a difference a week makes, in my opinion, instead of, um, oh, I'm just reading right now. Um, we're, as we're talking right now, I can't hear Elliot, but uh, Elliot doing uh, Saturday headlines, just confirming what we've already known, and that is uh, Noah Hannafin is headed to market. Um, Jacob Markstrom waiting is what the headline says. Elliot's on Saturday headlines right now. Uh, if you're listening live, uh, he's on right now. Um, if you're listening on podcast, you'll be able to go find that very shortly. Um, yeah, we've we've known for, I, I want to say it's been about uh, two weeks or so that we We've not known, but that it's felt like we haven't had a definitive answer from Noah Hannafin, but it's felt like uh, that indeed he's heading to market and uh, that, you know, the, the writing has been on the wall when it comes to Hannafin for quite some time. Anyway, back to Rick and Lakeview and his text. What a difference a week makes. In my opinion, the insertion of Markstrom into the trade fog uh, noise is the team's undoing. Yeah, a defenseman or two going out with expiring contracts. The squad seemed to be able to manage. Markstrom playing hands down like their MVP, now at risk of a trade, immensely demoralizing. Markstrom serving up a stinker today. Well, it's gotten to him undoubtedly big frown. Uh, this says, once the trade deadline passes and there's a clear, clear direction where they're going, it'll help make the games more bearable, even if they're losing. Uh, Jeremiah in Regina says, I'll say this, I'm beyond happy, Mike Backlund's the captain. He's earned it and he's going to be integral in this retool that's coming. I just hope in the back half of this new contract that he gets some success because he deserves it. It's time for some trades, but there's no sense in getting frustrated. This is a transitional year. They'll be better in the long term in Conroy. I trust. That comes from Jeremiah in Regina. I also read the kind words. I appreciate that, Jeremiah. That's very nice of you. Um, 
This says from Kyle and Auburn Bay, Pat, they've packed it in, moved the players that need to be moved. Uh, this reads, I hope they can find a few more pieces to trade beyond the rumored names. They should be selling as many veteran players as possible, i.e. Coleman. You know how I feel about Coleman. already addressed that. I don't think that that should happen. Um, this says they seriously need to address the power play. Uh, not sure what Savard's telling them or teaching them. From watching on the tube, they're all standing still and waiting for a pass. It's terrible to watch. Someone needs to be a distraction to open up another player. It isn't that hard. Um... This reads from Magarsa. Pat, you know very well I'm on Team Retool, and I think the writing's on the wall. That win streak didn't fool me one bit. Sure, it was great for development of the younger players, but the reality is they have to do what they have to do to build a championship team. Conroy has to get the best packages he can for Hannafin and Tanev. Also, I truly believe you need to move Markstrom, preferably sooner rather than in the summer. His stock isn't going to be any higher than now. Can you imagine the defense in front of him after they trade away the two best defensemen they have. It's going to be a painful couple years, but hopefully they can build towards a championship team by the time a new barn opens. Uh, this is from Jordan, who says, the last three games have been really hard to watch. The offense is all, almost completely dried up. 3-4-13 against. The goaltending hasn't been there, and what happened to Coleman since the All-Star break? The only positive in the last three games has been that the draft position has slightly improved. Uh, this reads, it could be tough for Craig to make trades. If the players are easily distracted by trade rumors, no contending team would want them in the playoffs. Um, I, I don't agree with that myself. I think they will still uh, get the return that they're looking for. This from Sarah in YYC. While hard to believe that this is the same team from the road trip, also interesting to note, Lindholm and Zadorov both scored against the Red Wings on Thursday. Maybe there is something wrong with the water in the locker room at the Dome. Um, what else we got here at 969.60 as we continue along? Uh, this from Ross in the Northwest, uh, who says, I intentionally waited to text as I wanted to hear Savard's assessment of the game. I thought his assessment was weak. He basically blamed his players for not getting in front of Reimer on the power play or five-on-five. Five. Having one of the worst power plays in the NHL, I'd say the power play issues are more than screening a goaltender. The team's body language is very telling. They're sick and tired of the trade chatter. I think Conroy needs to stop waiting for the perfect deal. The resulting product on the ice is embarrassing to watch. Give the current team some respect as they're slugging it out best they can in spite of the trade rumor talk. So I guess I'm pointing the finger at management tonight for a disgraceful power play and for leading this current team on. Come on, Craig. Make a trade. It won't define you forever. Show some respect for the group of hardworking players. They don't deserve the booze they're hearing. Would you not agree? Um... No, I, I don't really agree at all, uh, Ross, and, and that's that's fine. It's a really well-written text, and, and, and you supported your point really well. I, just because I don't agree doesn't mean that it's bad text or, or a bad take or, or, or wrong or anything like that, in my opinion. I just... I, I, my opinion's a little different. I, I, I think that waiting and making sure that you extract maximum value is the way to go. And... Even if that means that it continues to be uh, a, a louder, a louder type atmosphere, the Flames are living in. I still think you need to extract maximum value. Um, 
What else we got here? Too many excuses. The trade deadline weighs on all teams. The Flames aren't good enough to make the playoffs. They went on the road when the home teams press, and they're opportunistic on their mistakes. But when they play at home, they get exposed regularly because they press with the last talented team and get exposed. Let's get the trades made and move on. Uh, there you go. Great stuff on the text line so far today, following a 5 nothing loss against the Detroit Red Wings as we continue along on your Flames Talk postgame show at Stein. With you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the phone lines we go as we say hello to Brad following a 5 nothing loss to Detroit. What's up, Brad? Hey, Pat. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm okay, man. I just, uh, your first caller of the night, I can't remember his name, the guy that, you know, played a lot of hockey. Oh, Darren. They, yeah, Darren. So they never played Markstrom. I don't understand who you don't agree. Like, with him. Like, Mark, he was the first star of the week. The team was kind of rolling, and they come home, and they don't play that guy that's hot. It, it really drives me crazy. It's like almost like a slap in the face to the fans. I, I just don't see it that way. And that's fine. Well, I don't, do you, I don't but have how, to. But how, how do you not, though, Pat? Like, like they've been so terrible at home. But, but they've been so terrible at home. And the guy is playing this, like playing like crazy, and they come home and they settle. Like, how, like, how does that make sense to you, man? Be- because he can't play every game. Because you need Uh-oh. to find spots for him to sit. Because he's better when his rest and and energy levels are managed. And because yeah, they were playing you, the thirty-first ranked team, they, just hold okay. on, just hold on. Oh yeah, Because they're playing the thirty-first ranked team, that was a game they should have won regardless of who their goaltender was. I'm sorry, that yeah. I, I just yeah, I don't but, agree. And you're not going to be able to convince me, and that's okay. I'm not going to be able to convince you either. Yeah, but they had been so bad at home the previous like the previous road trip. Like, do you think you want to give your fans like the the best that the team has to offer when they come home? They've been so bad, Pat. And then they, they don't play. Uh, the other, the the other thing is a lot of fans, but but Brad, you're kind of making, you're kind of arguing against your point because I know just as many fans who, who really get excited for seeing Wolf. Yes, but we're trying to make the playoffs here, man. They were the first start of the week. Like, what are you talking about? Brad, I think, I, I think that they made the right call by sitting Jacob Markstrom against San Jose. I do. Oh, oh you really do. I, okay, I have no problem. I have no problem with the decision to not start him in that game. Oh man, that's crazy, Pat. So we're on opposite well, how- ends of the spectrum. We are, and that's allowed. We're and we're still allowed to be friends. Yeah, I know we'll still be friends, but yeah, whatever, man. I just think you play you play the number one when you come home. You, like you have to. Like it's it's a slap in the face to the fans. I don't I, get I, it. What they're doing. Were you at the Could game? Could you imagine? No, I, I went to the game last night, and it was awful. But well, I mean, were, not, you at the game, were you at the game against San Jose, I mean? No, I never went. No, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to any more games. They're terrible. So, I'm not wasting my money on this team anymore. All right, Brad. Will you have yourself a great right. day? Hey, hey, thanks for listening, Pat. Hey, <laughs> no problem. Right? Have a good day, man. It's, we're, we're allowed to disagree. I do, but that's okay. Uh, Dan is up next. What's up, Dan? Oh, how much? How are you doing? 
I'm doing well. Right on. Uh, do I just on? wait till you? you oh, I just I, I was at the game today, and I just had a few thoughts. Not that yeah. nothing crazy or whatever. Just yeah, just a little bit about um, about the. Uh, it, it seems like the sort of these last couple of games haven't been very good, and that's been since the uh, the big announcement got out about um, you know maybe moving Markstrom. And then the other thing I was going to talk about is a little bit about the coach. Sure. And uh, that, if that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Go Where for it. Where are we on right now? No, no, we're we're we're, we're we on, on. We're on. Like we're live right now. <laughs> Rookie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> that's why. That's why I'm just. That's why I'm just sitting back and wait. Hell, it's okay, now. Now I get it. Okay. You you thought that we were okay, on. No, no, right we're, on. we're live. I, we're live. I, I thought. I thought this was your producer Pat or something. Okay, no, no. so like, this yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, they're supposed to be professionals, but, you know, especially with some of the younger guys, and even for Marstrom himself, you know, once it gets out and then Friedman, uh, you know, is, is, uh, says what he says, uh, you know, I mean, that's going to, you know, it, it, basically, if you're a player on the team and you hear that your your, your goalie, your best player, is uh, on the trading block and almost got traded, I mean, uh, you know, maybe the message to the players is, well, you know, that's it. We're giving up on the whole thing because, let's face it, uh, they wouldn't they, they wouldn't have the record they have or even close to it without uh, Markstrom and how well he's played this year. Last year was a totally different story, but, but I mean, he's been awesome. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a shock, I think, to everybody. Um, but that's been talked about. Uh, I was actually just uh, I, I turned on. I was at the game, but I turned it on because I was waiting in line at the car wash. So the the other point I wanted to make though is with with, with some of these guys kicking around like uh, Berube and McClellan. Like, uh, what, what's your take on on Huska so far? Like, I mean, yeah, uh, the players have to play the game. The coach can't play the game, but the coach has to have the players ready and motivated or whatever. Do you, you, you think he's ready for the team, or do you think uh, something might happen in that regard? I, I don't think there's any um, worry about uh, any type of coaching change, especially from, from Ryan Huska, the head coach standpoint. I, I don't think that is um, anything that's being discussed. And, and honestly, I, I don't believe it, it really needs to be. Um, I, I Do I think it's been a perfect year? Of course not. Uh, the power play is, is absolutely something that needs to be figured out, and that falls on the coaching staff as much as it falls on, on the, the management in terms of personnel. Um, it they, they need to do better with the power play, and, and as the head coach, that falls on you for sure, and he'd be the first to admit it. Um, so that that is an area that has not been great. But I think far, far more often than not, Dan, uh, this team has come to play. And, and just because they haven't won every game where they've come to play, like games like Detroit and San Jose here are few and far between this year, and, and that's an area that I actually think, you know, Ryan Husk has done very well in and that is having his team prepared and and his team works this team works far more often than not again that has not necessarily been evident here over the last two games which have been pretty ugly but for the most part this group has been very good in that regard and it's been one of the the biggest positive things surrounding this group all season long in in my opinion well i agree i yeah, I, and I agree with you on that. And, and you know, on, on the road trip and stuff, and even in the first period of, of both of the last couple games, you know, I, I thought the team defense was way better than I'd seen it in a long time, and the gap control was really good. But 
unfortunately, in the last two games, they, they started out doing that. And then, uh, you know, something kind of wonky happened. I don't you want to, don't want to talk about the rest, but that, that first call was pretty chintzy. And then all of a sudden they, they score right away. And it seemed like the, the wind came out of the sails, but um you know, again, it's uh, it's it's up to the coaching staff to, to stress that you know while we're down a goal or we're down two goals, you you, you gotta you gotta play the system. You gotta because, like I said, the the, the team D, I thought was outstanding uh, up until um, you know the second period of the uh, San Jose game, and 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 we started off well again today, and and then and then it just it tanked. They were all just kind of standing around, and, and it's unfortunate. Like I don't I don't care if if they're a young team and and they lose games. What I want to see. Because I want to see a team that's that's working hard and trying hard, and I, right. you know you're 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 right that it's it's been you know pretty good, especially last week on the roadie. But uh, boy, the last couple of games, I'm going like, what are these guys doing? How is this the same bunch of guys, right? Mm-hmm. No, and I get that, and and there's there's no doubt these games have been super uh, frustrating. Um, I just don't know if I chalk that up to a, a coaching thing myself. That's all. Oh, fair enough. Like I, said, I was just throwing that out there. It's kind of what I was looking at and thinking about while I was uh, sitting in the stands watching the game. But uh, great show. Uh, sorry, sorry for screwing up the uh, the beginning. No, all of my good. That was there. funny. That was funny. That was good. That's I appreciate. I appreciate it. You have yourself game. a great day, Dan. Okay. See you, everybody out in TV land. <laughs> <laughs> see you, Dan, or Radio Land. Let's say hello to Parsons on the phone lines. What's going on, Parsons? I I feel bad. Anyone who paid money for that game. That no, that was no kidding. that was uh, really bad. <laughs> um, but uh, that being said, I mean, I really hope that uh, we get these trades figured out soon. Because while I was watching this game and watching certain players, it just it seemed like there's a lot on their mind, and they did not seem to be partaking in this game today. And um, uh, Markstrom included, and I love Markstrom a lot, actually, quite a bit. And uh, he has similar feelings. He has similar feelings for you. Did you hear that directly from him? Yes, Is Jacob was like, story? "I love, I, I love Parsons." He says that he says that every day in a scrum. Okay, I like that. Um, <laughs> thank you. Was <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Um, thank you, Pat. Um, that actually made my day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I I <laughs> I hope we get this figured out, buddy, because um, they they uh, did not look good today, and they they don't look engaged. And engaged is the word I'm going to emphasize here, because that was horrible. Um, do you think there's still? Do you still think there's a deal there with Jersey? Um, I I I didn't see uh, I didn't get a chance to to hear Elliot yet on his Saturday headlines. So I this is coming without having heard that, and and that's where I think there's a little bit of um, new clarity there. Uh, I I don't think it is like I I don't think that I would say it is from the last time I checked. When the last, the some of the the conversations I've had, I I don't think it's completely completely out of the question. But of late, over the last couple of days, it hasn't felt like there's been a whole lot 
uh, as as much chatter as there's been, hasn't seemed like there's been a whole lot that is necessarily um, imminent or anything like that. Okay. And uh, another thing, do you, do you think uh, Vancouver is still? Yes, playing? I do. I do believe that they are still very interested in Chris in tennis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm kind of on the same line. So I'm just wondering who's going to break first, but I, uh, yeah. I I I still wonder about Toronto, man. Um, I I still yeah, wonder they if got? they've got a first round pick. Okay. And I and they don't have a second round pick, and so that's why I I wonder if if you're Conroy, are you waiting out Toronto here? Are are you waiting out your old boss and saying, mm-hmm. hey, you you want this guy? We know we we want that first round pick. Um, and I just I wonder if there's a little bit of that. I I I just I wonder if that's still the play of of Toronto and Tanev. Okay, interesting. All right. Well, um, yeah. Well, hopefully we get this done soon um, because the guys, the guys on the ice tonight just did not seem engaged at all. Oh, they did like not. That, they, they that was an embarrassing game. I, I feel bad for anyone who paid for that. Um, other than that, buddy, um, you have a good night. Okay. All right, Pars. Be well, man. You too. Thanks, buddy. There you go. That'll do it on the phone lines today as the Flames fall 5-0 to the Detroit Red Wings here at the Scotiabank Saddledome as we continue along and uh, start to move to the conclusion of our Flames Talk post game on this Saturday. It's time for the final summary after another ugly, ugly outing. Um, Detroit opened the scoring in the first period and never looked back from there. A 63-second span turned a 0-0 tie into a 2-0 Detroit lead, starting with Patrick Kane and the eventual game winner. Uh, his ninth of the year came on the power play at 14.56 to make it one nothing. Moritz Sider and Robbie Fabry the assist there. Then 63 seconds later at 5-on-5, five five, JT Comfer scores to make it 2 nothing. His 13th from Lucas Raymond and Alex Debrinkit at 15.59 and it was 2 nothing Detroit after 20 minutes of play. In the second period, a couple more quick ones for the Red Wings. Dylan Larkin makes it 3 nothing on the power play with his 24th from Pat Patrick Kane and Shane Gostisbehere at 5-12. And then 89 seconds after that, David Perron scores to make it 4-0. Perron's 12th from Andrew Kopp and Joe Valeno at 6-41. That would make it 4-0 Detroit. That would spell the end of Jacob Markstrom's afternoon. He's pulled after allowing four goals on 12 shots. Dan Vladar in the rest of the way. He let in one more in the third period. Lucas Raymond scores his 15th of the season to make it 5-0. Raymond from Cider at 15 4 and 5-0 ends up being the final score. Final shots, 38-21 in favor of Calgary. Flames go 0 for 5 on the power play. Detroit 2 for 5 with the man advantage this afternoon. Your three stars today. Moritz Sider, number three, number two, Patrick Kane, and number one with a 38-save shutout was James Reimer. With the loss, Flames uh, fall to 25-25-5. and five. They're back in action on Monday at home to Winnipeg, while Detroit improves to 28-20-6. They're back in action Monday on the road in Seattle. That is your final summary, and now for everyone involved in Flames hockey today, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and 
and Randy Opperman, for our reporter, Logan Gordon, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Ali Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll uh, start to wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned, Monday next up for the Flames. Note the start time on Family Day. It's another afternoon game, 2 p.m. against the Winnipeg Jets, which means we're on the air at 1 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your family day long weekend. Once again, your final score from the Scotiabank Saddledome on this Saturday afternoon. Flames fall 5-0 to the Detroit Red Wings. This has been your um, Flames Talk. Try that again. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show, available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.